Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Banange podcast. You're talking to me, Shakura. Miss Lena. And me, Jazz. Today, we thought we'd have quite a casual conversation about friendships in regards to talking about race and whether or not we should be having those uncomfortable conversations within our friendship group who perhaps what the who is who's responsible for sort of engaging in those types of conversations um so one is it weird to be friends with someone that their family doesn't like your culture your race ethnicity maybe sexual orientation um and two do you think it's sort of a red flag into perhaps their sort of role in allyship are they you know a, a passive ally or are they truly anti-racist mm, that's a good point i mean i mean i i the thing is i i find it hard to kind of come at this only because you guys know me i am very adamant about my beliefs so much so that it's almost a little bit repulsive but like it it i think it, it it's for me, at least in this particular question, it's hard for me uh, to say whether or not like uh, the allyship is good or not. Because in my opinion, the only full ally- only good allyship is that allyship that fully acknowledges the privileges and the system that we live in, and then work actively against that. If you're just someone who's like, oh yeah, you know, I know the system that we live in, it sucks, but you know, it is what it is. I don't think that's a good ally. But that doesn't mean mm. that's not because. It doesn't make them a bad person. Maybe it makes them a little bit uneducated. Makes them makes not not not, not un, that sounded really awful. Not uneducated in that they're um, stupid, but just unaware of like the greater systems in play that like intertwine our life. You know, like mm. you know, white supremacy, capitalism, these aspects of life which basically intertwine like our entire being. If you're not aware of these things and how like it affects us, then you can't ask someone to be an ally if you don't know what they're being an ally for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, like, when it was Black Lives Matter, I did talk to my uh, friends. Like, I have a friend who's uh, Indian, and I've got a friend who is Burmese. Um, and they were both born in those countries. Um, I was talking to him about the Asian community, and he did tell me, like, he knows how big of a problem it is. Um, he And he did tell me he went home and, I mean not went home but he did share resources with his family and things like that but um I also do acknowledge like how difficult it is to change parents views and family views it's kind of difficult to you know take that on um Mm. you know like one person in the family trying to change I guess like you know decades of you know inlearned um ingrained views um but I just feel like if you not even just caring about me as an ally like as a friend in general like you should be having these conversations like you mm. I think you two told me you were talking to Je- uh, Jeddah um you know about trans people and you know she she understands so mm-hmm. I think if you just but that, but in that example there that you just gave or something like in that example mm. you just gave like Ijaz and I um well that we that we're aware of we're not friends with any trans people so we just naturally, you know, wanted to have those types of conversations. So for me, I'm like, there, there wasn't, mm. and I'm not, and I'm not saying, oh, only support um, minority groups that you're friends with. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying as an example, you know, yeah. just for that education and growth and learning, we wanted to have those types of conversations. And uh, I would think if you're friends with a person within that group, that should fuel it more, but not be a reason if that makes sense. You should be kind of doing it anyways, but 
not be a reason. But then yeah, again, Ijaz can even add on to this. Ijaz can even add on to this. I think mm. we're very privileged in, you know, the environment that we grew up in. Um, where we don't really have those types of conversations often to correct people because, every, you know, people, you know, obviously we have moments when, oh, that, that's not the right way to say it, et cetera. But our mom is quite, you know, open-minded. Um, our grandma as well. So we've been very fortunate and lucky to be in a very anti-hate environment. Um, and I don't know if Vijaz wants to add anything onto that, but I think that might be a reason why I'm like, why don't you guys just talk to your parents? When in my mind, those conversations are so easy because, my grandma and my mom are quite open-minded to have those discussions. Mm. Also, especially now when I talk to my mom, like when I have like, I've had like all these revelations and like doing my reading and stuff. She's like, yeah, I've been trying to teach this to you for like the past 10 years, but you just weren't listening apparently to me. So like, yeah, I've never understood that whole like, oh, um... but then it also comes again. I feel like part of it is that idolization of like your parents and that like, oh, your parents must be right. You know, like part of it, that must be like, oh, they must be right because they, they've lived such obviously great lives and they've raised me and all that stuff. So there might be an idea of like, this is a theory. This is a working theory. It's, yeah. that, it's that idea of like, oh, um, my parents can't be wrong. But I feel yeah. like that that might be changing. I'm, I, I might be wrong, but I feel like most kids nowadays don't idolize their parents and they realize like the flaws in their characters. To bring the, you know, the bigger question. So what would you say in that in that particular scenario? Do you think... Um, you know, if you're friends with someone from a particular minority group, you know, whether it be religion, whatever it might be, do you think that therefore they should be having those discussions regardless? Or is it, uh, or is that an ambitious sort of assumption to have? It is ambitious. I think it's very ambitious, especially one thing I've realized is that if you talk to people about other people's struggles, the first thing that comes to mind is that individual minds are like, they're struggling well I've struggled you know I've yeah been through this yeah. this and this mm-hmm. you know like I've been through this this isn't that um but it's always it's especially again I'm making a huge generalization for for uh people who uh have more caucasity in their veins like um caucasity. um it's harder to like I guess put like especially like imagine going to a white person and telling them like hey listen I've walked into places where people have looked at my skin and said, I do not like you. Like, mm. and you've gone, you're, especially also imagine being uh, like an attractive white person, especially like mm. imagine like someone telling them like, oh, I've walked into places and like, I've been turned up. I've been um, refused entry. I've been, this yeah. is this, I've been bullied, whatever. Yeah. That like racism is such like a hard thing to understand as a concept that mm. just telling them, it's just the fact that I remember that uh, I've told you this story or like I was talking to someone uh, about like Asian, uh, not Asian, about black oppression, like worldwide. And then it's the fact that they just say like, oh, like, I don't get it. Like, why don't they just move? Like the Americans that keep getting shot in like America, why don't they just move to like. Exactly. Wait, know, like, what? Yeah. Because, <laughs> but that, again, but it's again, the response. Yeah, but it's again, it's that lack of, it's that lack of knowledge. It's that. But because uh, a lot of uh, um, other minorities, not in America, and even not even in England to an extent, but more specifically America, I think that's the most like prevalent example. I think we can both agree, and it's it's that like um, the immigrants that tend to come into uh, America, the minorities that tend to come to America, they tend to come more often than not coming to there by choice. The, mm. You know, most of the Black Americans that have mm. been in that country have been there due to slavery. Obviously, me and yeah. Shakura, 
we're a different example of that. We're clearly people who are like immigrants who, who came there with like a purpose and, and, and a job, luckily. But a lot of the uh, black Americans who lived in America right now, they are, they are a lot of, especially the Southern ones, they have been, there are people alive today who still, who still remember their parents talking about slavery. That's how Yo, their grandparents used to, you know, were or, lynched or, yeah. you know, or not electrocuted. Even that, or not even that, there are people who are slaves who still remember, like, oh yeah, yeah I was, I was enslaved once. Yeah. Um, and then not only that, not only that thing about on mm. top of that, uh, stuff like redlining, where they'd, uh, like housing uh, companies would make sure that yeah. we couldn't get access to loans to get into better, better neighborhoods, mm-hmm. police brutality, uh, yeah. systemic racism, like all mm. these things that pile on top of uh, black oppression. And then imagine being a immigrant that comes into the country who obviously succeeds well, or, you know, just, you know, manages to survive. And then you have, uh, you know, uh, an uneducated population like uh, a lot of uh, black people are. I don't know where I'm going with this. Neither do I. But anyway, anyway, the point the point I'm trying to say is that. Um, Can I raise a point? Oh, yeah, yeah you go, go Celine. Yeah, like just just like going back off on that uh, redlining comment. Like I don't know how your guys's uh, history lessons were, but I do think here in England, like the the history like curriculum, national curriculum is so behind that you know even things about like when people came to this country and how the whole model minority you know thing came to be people don't understand like that you know black people weren't given mortgages loans all these things they had to create infighting between racial groups so that black people were at the bottom white people were at the top and then not to generalize you know other races like asian people but so that you know, certain other races would feel like more inclined to keep black people down, yeah. so to speak, yeah. um, and white people up. And I yeah. think people just think, oh, why is it like, you know, black communities who are suffering and why, why is always Black Lives Matter? Why is it not, you know, X Lives Matter? But I yeah. do feel like, do you guys think that a lot of these things are just how history is taught? Because I definitely think it is. Because so many things people don't. Definitely realize or just learning for the first time our problems but yeah. in school we were learning about the Tudors I don't even think it's changed Tudors Egyptians um and that's why I really didn't like learning history in school I think I just wanted to learn about world history and about other things I didn't yeah. really I didn't care for the English kings and queens like those those exactly. aren't the things that interest me like how many it's times quite, did I learn about yeah. world war ii for the hundredth time like, have you noticed like when you were learning about world war ii this yeah. was something i realized i never saw a picture of a black person when they were showing pictures of people in world war ii and there was like no mention of black people during world war ii mm. like i was thinking about it the other day and like when they were talking i was like i i like so if someone was to say world war ii there were, there were no black people there like in i'm talking in the uk because obviously in the u.s there were soldiers but i'm talking because we learned in a british school there was like no mention of black people like um, mm. when we were learning about World War II in the United Kingdom. And I think that, you know, speaks volumes to itself. And I, I just to add on to that and, you know, in our school's curriculum, and this is when it's very, Jazz and I were very fortunate to have the mom that we did because some of the things that were taught in like school and we would go home and tell our mom, my mom would be like, well, like I remember in school, um, like a teacher told me that uh, African women, they don't wear bras. So I went home and I told my mom that in year six. Oh yeah, apparently like African women, like they don't wear bras. For those of you who don't know what year six is, it's like grade five. I was like, oh yeah, like my mom, uh, yeah, mom, apparently African women don't wear bras. My mom was like, what? And then went to the school. 
And then the second one, in same in like grade five as well, year six, um, they the the teacher told me or told Ijaz and I that uh, that there were kind slave owners. So Ijaz and I that went was- home and told our mom, oh yeah, like apparently there's like kind <laughs> slave owners. And then mom that following weekend took us to like a slave plantation in in Virginia and like showed us the graves and like how they were treated and was like, do you think these people were kind of slave owners? <laughs> <laughs> but like it's, it's just it's just really it's just like it's it's you know we're very fortunate and you know to have a mom like ours that continuously educated us outside the classroom and stuff because I think it's very dangerous especially you know if you're in environments and you're like the only black person there or this very you know really little racial diversity it's really easy to like get gaslighted or start internalizing this idea that oh yeah black people are slaves but you know it is what it is and then they just turn to drugs and violence and so like they kind of deserve it and like they don't really deserve really to like find a way out they just kind of just want to stay poor and all these things and then you have the rappers that don't help the narrative and all that as well so it's just um yeah i just thought that was quite that was quite... also that's also one thing that really frustrates and me it's, like... it's when it's when i see rich black men on uh, on instagram or in, in the media or whatever just constantly giving out this narrative of like listen black people we need to stop feeling oppressed like look at me blah 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 i think me and Shakur oh, are talking about yeah. the uh i don't yeah. know if you know the singer daniel caesar and like how mm. um like he basically said like oh black people i don't get like why we hate white people like blah blah blah, blah, blah. we need to like just like get along which number one shows me and un- like it's okay to be like oh i have uh, problems with like the blm movement but it's when you don't actually understand what it stands for and you just think, oh, it's for hating white people, then you're clearly yeah. just showing like an ignorance to, to uh, like uh, the continuous like black struggle. But then it also comes to the, like I was, I, was, uh, I saw something where like uh, black men and uh, white men are more likely to side with patriarchy in order to like continue oppression of more specifically black women. Because more often mm-hmm. than women are seen as like, the uh in society are seen as like the the lowest i guess the lowest person a, a person can be not only that on top of that imagine being a, a woman of color the known that imagine on top of that being a woman of color and being gay trans muslim uh muslim like all these things that pile on and more often than not for some reason especially black that's why I, I, it always frustrates me when I see like a lot of the, like some of my favorite like black male artists, like, you know, like the Jay-Z's, you know, like mm. the Childish Gambinos, I'm trying to think, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's, like all these people, like Daniel Kaluuya's a little bit different because he actually yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. criticize the systems a little bit, but like you don't, especially Jay-Z, like Jay-Z is an example of someone who just like, okay, I got mine, good luck to you guys. Like he's a billionaire, yeah. like he has his little charities, but let's be honest, if he's a billionaire, he can afford to give out more than he's giving out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then not only that, and, and I know my, my sister always gets angry at me because I always like, it's like, it's like, do I want like celebrities that always come out and be like, oh yeah, capitalism is bad, blah, 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 blah. Obviously I'm not going to do that because that's how they- They should definitely recognize like where they come from, bro. Like I feel like- Money does that. Black male, yeah, a lot of black male, not just like all of them, but like celebrities, it's like, yeah, yeah, for BLM. And then some people like, at the same time, completely bashing black women. I'm just like, so yeah. BLM for black men, but at the mm. same time, no, disrespecting yeah. black women. Yeah. Um, or 
like I saw a tweet from some guy sometime and was like, oh yeah, BLM. And then someone was, and then at the same time, like disrespecting like some gay black guy. And I'm just like, so yeah, it's, but not it's, all, that, it's, it's not it's that whole like for you. It's that whole pro-black narrative. I remember I was on like Clubhouse and we were having a debate about it. And that whole pro-black narrative, you know, they were basically saying it's incredibly hard. It's because the whole pro-black narrative is is more it's it's more important for the black man to to actually support the like to properly through and through support the black community because what tends to happen within like the pro-black community there you know with men and and women but predominantly more men there's that whole debate well we're not including black trans lives we're not including um perhaps black muslim lives we're not including these types of certain groups and it tends those lives yeah exactly so is that the whole black uh, did you say what i said no i didn't hear what you said dollar signs Rachel Dolezal. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh. That was a good joke. Um, and yes, yeah, so it's that that whole thing. Like you know, can an individual be truly pro-black? And specifically, you know, black men. You know, they have majority of the power for this pro-black narrative to change. You know, you look at shows like Blackish and all these people, like by Kenya Harris, who's a black man, and he was in a position where okay, let's get a full black cast. But we're going to have the black women, and I'm, there's nothing. I don't have anything against biracial women, but it's damaging on media platforms because people who are, you know, they're not well educated in, you know, in these sorts of discussions. They're going to see someone like a Yara Shahidi or Tracy Ellis Ross and be like, "Oh, that's what black women look like." But not all yeah, black women light, look like that. Skin. Like you know, you look mm. at these shows. You know, that's why I love. Um, I don't know if you know the actress of Ryan Destiny, and I want her like. To be on like mm. more shows but she's you know dark skin so it's hard out there but um but like you know you, you can't you can't you know have someone in a position of power to do something like a kenya harris and then you have shows like blackish you have shows like grownish and whatever and there, there was a show on netflix that he um that he had and all the the cast be uh, fine you can have biracial people on there but for people who want to that's like that, that that creates such a damaging narrative and also fuels towards this Eurocentric idea of beauty. Mm. You know, you look at all these female rappers and you have rappers like Chica, who's, you know, I feel like she's really, really good, but she's mm. not going to ever become, like she will, I hope she she will, but she'll never get to like a Cardi B, Nicki Minaj type of level because she is a dark-skinned black woman. You know, she gets fat shamed on a daily, um, but then when it's Billie Eilish in like a tank top, People are like, oh my gosh, look how confident she is, like with her weight gain, and like how amazing do these, you know, you know. Or if it's like Rihanna who's gained weight, it's like, oh my gosh, she's getting slim, thick. But when it's this dark-skinned black woman, it's like, oh my gosh, she's like verging on obesity, you know. So I mean, it's how? Weird, like, but then, like, sorry, sorry, go. Oh yeah, but Lisa, yeah, Lisa does get a little bit, a bit hate as well. Lisa, like Lisa, yeah, remember, remember when people, remember when people were complaining about Lisa saying like, oh, um, Lizzo is being indecent at a NBA game. Now, like, you you can have complaints or whatever, but you can't say like, oh, uh, uh, you can't have uh, any. Uh, no, uh, Lizzo was being explicit explicit at the NBA game, and it's never seen ever before. They have literal cheerleaders in these places with like nothing but a bikini top and like mm. skimpy pants. Mm. Like, yeah. But then when like one oh, maybe 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 I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't have said that last part. But when a uh, can you censor that last part maybe yeah yeah i'll try <laughs> can you censor that last part when a, a plus-sized woman 
uh, does it, um, then it's a problem. Yeah. I want to go back to I'm the point about. No, 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 no. I, I won't let it go. But I think it's it, you know you could just say someone's you know not the like standard of beauty, standard yeah. of size. Yeah. Maybe just censor it and then include this entire interaction, so it gives this whole segment some comedy. <laughs> but yeah, back to the um, uh, black male capitalist uh, thing point of view. I I just feel like quite a lot of black straight men. Um, they look at BLM and they, they, they're so obsessed with I feel like it's more about being on the same power level as white men mm. rather than just wanting equality I feel like it's like they want to be on the same level as them to I don't Do say oppress black women or anyone else but they want to have the same power that they have rather than actually wanting to benefit um, and look out for other black lives um, which I think is quite damaging an example you can look at R. Kelly as an example, someone you know in a socially economic powerful position, and all he was mm. doing was damaging the lives of black women. Mm. I don't understand what happens like when people get to a position of power and they feel they can just abuse and like assault women. I like some kind of power trip. I just mm. it's just odd. It's just weird. Exactly. But the but the, the the thing is, what what's annoying is that these things are still happening. But for some reason, you know, people are like, oh, we got the Me Too movement, so it's all right. Like, I don't understand what that movement meant if barely, like, if, you know, these things are still happening and still being, you know, you know, accepted. You have these, like, YouTubers currently that countless of people come out, you know, as sexual assault victims and nothing's happening. So for me, it's like, you know, but it always, it always made me question, like, with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the Me Too movement, even, you know, like with all these movements that come about for me it's just like it's a shame that you okay there's some form of conversation but then still nothing really is happening it's almost like they for found me, a so, way to be more discreet mm, for me it's like and i had this conversation i think on some kind of lecture but it's like as i think you mentioned this as well to me the other day it's like people having a conversation are the ones who already know about the problems yeah the ones who should be having a conversation are the ones who are actually doing the oppression doing the things like you know men and you know white men should be taking it upon themselves to hold people accountable their friends accountable um for a lot of a lot of problems and but it's how do you how do you shift that kind of culture and get and get like not well not just them but you know straight straight white men straight men to talk about certain issues like racism and things like that when they don't when it doesn't concern them like you can't really force people to care about other people's feelings like it's just a bit it's like hey don't assault women that'd be great you know mm-hmm. hey don't be racist but they're probably a lot of guys as well are like for example like sexual assault and things like oh i've never seen it i've never seen it at all it's like okay but how can every woman talk about being sexually assaulted or being sexually harassed but you and none of your friends have ever seen it or done it well they're they're so quick to defend someone and i'm like do you even know who you're defending but like just to add on to that i think it's with any sort of form of oppression in the world i think um, because a lot of people you know white supremacy plays a large role in in a lot of things you know patriarchy plays a large role but i think sometimes people confuse white supremacy to white people because i feel as if sometimes Mm. i think people think well i'm black i'm asian and latino we're we're the ones oppressed and we're not really doing anything really so it's mainly just the white people and i think sometimes everyone needs to start having those conversations you know you know you can even look at the anti-asian hate 
and just seeing videos and photos of not just white people, you know, assaulting, um, you know, people within the Asian community, but black people as well, but Latinas as well. And, you know, we I'm not saying that, you know, the white people, they should get away. They, you know, white supremacy plays a large role in it. But I think the best way to start dismantling it is, you know, looking inwards within ourselves. What do we do to perpetuate these things happening mm. to us today? Um, like, you know, if you are, you know, a black straight man, but then you have an issue with Lil Nas X because he's gay, then you need to do a little bit of self-reflection and ask yourself, why do you have this type of hate towards someone that's, you know, a member of your community? You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge issue um, with homophobia within the black male community. I always see videos. Oh, yeah, that's or it's, it's really it's a really bad issue that we have within our own community. Did you guys see about the race inquiry, like the race report which came out from the British government? Um, and it's just funny how, like, first of all, even though we have black people in positions of power, doesn't mean they're representing us because the guy who was heading that um, was a black conservative and in that entire report they said you know there's no institutional racism um, in the UK maybe it's the fact that maybe these communities created these problems themselves you know there was a bit in it which was like oh you know black Caribbeans like I mean you're not doing that well in school because you know it doesn't really matter because clearly it's not a racism thing because if your peers you know black Africans are doing well then maybe yeah. you need to look at yourselves and it's just like this actual like institutional gaslighting that is so like how do you even fight these things like about the curriculum they said something like oh we've heard about you know people wanting to change the curriculum and things like that we don't think we should ban white authors even though no one was asking for that they said um you know what we're going to do instead is add a new add in a new story about about slavery about the mm-hmm. how you know the black caribbeans helped you know, build this country and the you know the positive aspects of slavery and colonialism, and it's just like that—that mm. that is not what people are asking for, and it's just so hard to reform and you know mm. go up against a system where yeah. you're actually having black people, black conservatives, telling you there's no race like institutional racism uh, in this country. Just to kind of correct you on that, um, a little bit, yeah, uh, a lot of the the data that and stuff that they were referencing, um, a lot of it actually came from. Um, Asian academics like one of the guys was actually like um, a left-wing Southeast Asian uh, politician so I just want to put that out there as well you know that's like a prime example where this is an Mm. opportunity to look at white supremacy and we're all not on the same page to have those types of discussions so you have that black conservative saying those informations yeah and you know a lot of the data I forgot what the guy's name is I'll, I'll maybe find it I don't know probably not but when I was looking at who's actually finding this information, it was someone who perhaps didn't really even understand the black community anyways, talking about the black community. Also, so, also by the way, this, yeah, is a, this is an actual quote from the, per- this is a quote that the um, report had, okay? So I'm gonna, this is gonna take a while, but just bear go with ahead, me. Sender Katawala, the head of the British Future Think Tank says that Britain is doing much better on race than on class. The reason why this does not seem more apparent is because, and this is a quote here, there is now a split between academic media and political environments and the lived experiences of the rest of the country. The problem is that the race discourse is dominated by people who spend all their time on it. We don't hear enough from people who just don't who just get on with their life, everyday lives and are not defined by race. 
That is an wow. actual quote. This is what this guy said. Wow. And that was the guy that was doing a lot of the research for that report that came up yeah. to that conclusion. So that's, you know, it's not a lot defined by race. He's not but black, that guy, is he? He's not black. The guy that you quoted, he's not black. I'm Sander pretty sure he's Asian. No, I just searched him. He's from Doncaster. No. He's of yeah, Indian but... and Irish family heritage. Yeah, so. And it's yeah. funny because some, some parts of the, of the report were like, oh, you know, black British people have, you know, contributed to so much. Like, there's no racism because at, at one point they were like, oh, well, Dizzy Rascal performed at the 2012 opening ceremony for the Olympics. <sighs> and I'm like, what does that have to do with <laughs> anything? It's, it's a shame. It's a shame, really. Um, and it's a shame. I, I don't, for me, and, and you know, that symbolizes a huge, because they're saying systemic racism no longer exists here. That literally proves that it does, because that went through so many hands of people that were like oh yeah and you know there were probably people there that were like i don't think this is right they just probably weren't in a position where they could have that sort of impact to delay that's why the guy that was the racial advice the race advisor for boris resigned like he could he can't he can't Mm. still be like you know next to board with this paper you know you know paper coming out but um yeah you can't say systemic racism is not a thing in the uk but that whole paper shows that it is because it's just funny, it's funny because go 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 <laughs> it's funny because i don't know if you heard about the missing boy the missing student richard uh who disappeared a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um sad sadly he was found dead um his mom was was when he was first missing his mom said oh you know when i told the police they were like oh if we if we cut if if you can't find it, then what chance do we have? That, that was what they said. What was they that said, same energy for Madeline McCann? Did you, said, did you say oh, that to them? Well, exactly. And, and it's just sad because mum was crying. She was like, oh, maybe mm. like they thought I was like a frantic African mom. Maybe they thought I was over-exaggerating. And, you know, if the police actually stepped up, stepped up and did their job, maybe they would have found him sooner. Exactly. But, yeah. How Only much money them- went to, towards that Madeline McCann? Like, what, 11 million? It's a joke. It's actually a joke. I mean, they want to say there's no institutional racism. Like that's actual. That that is the actual proof. Like, oh, eleven million for a girl because she hasn't been found, has she, Madeline McCann? No, and she was, and that was in Portugal. Mm. Mm. And and that boy, imagine if they had that same resource, he could have perhaps even saved his life. But even like the media response, for example, like I was seeing photos about of like the mum crying, and I'm like, why are you publishing these photos of someone else's grief when other people go missing? You don't you don't post photos of like. I don't know white families crying like it's just just the whole reaction to black trauma is just really you know spectacle uh, and, and it's that whole thing of, you know with with the black women they just think oh you know what like they're strong you know they can mm. just take away and that's why there's deaths in hospitals because people don't take their word like i'm in pain i can't do I, I, i'm in pain during this childbirth and it is like you know how the oh black women they're strong like black women can take anything and they, they you know they're super strong and they you know and it's also within, I was even thinking this, like even within our community as well, we're almost taught, you know, as black women, we don't have that type of luxury to even, not even just black women, just personal color, don't have that type of luxury to get angry or to get upset or to show emotion like that. Um, and then that was, the, that, was, that was something I was always thinking about, like because of that and in the way we're sort of almost taught to be like that anyways, it always made me think, how, I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent, but yeah. It's, it's, it's just interesting it's interesting mm-hmm. really like you have you know child you know deaths in childbirth at childbirth and then it's that whole thing you know they just don't believe that when you're suffering they're like, ah, you can take it so i've got another i've got another story i even like again a few days ago i think there was a 
a black like uh young man i can't remember his name he was in hospital uh here in the uk and he suffers from sickle cell uh disease which actually quite is a predominantly i think affects um black people suffers mm. from sickle cell he why is that by the way just out of curiosity i think um uh how do i explain this I think it's like a genetic trait that protected uh, against malaria. So we just are naturally prone to having sickle cells because that it, it, would, it, it carries, not carries more oxygen. I'm probably being completely wrong in this, but it's, it's protective against malaria in Africa. So it's just been inherited that way. Sorry, uh, so last question, I swear. But what, so what happens yeah. when you get sickle cell? Like what's the, what's the, mm-hmm. what's the like symptoms? Like what can happen? I really can't remember, but I know it's about carrying oxygen through the body. Okay, okay, okay. So it's it's kind of a trait. It's a problem with that. So you have to go to hospital quite frequently. Okay. Um, but we have to fact check me on that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this patient was in the hospital, and I think he requested for help because he, you know, he thought there was something wrong, and he was ignored in hospital, and he actually had to ring nine 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 in hospital. Um, for help and 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 then the pay, the, he died mm. and it's just like you know black people constantly not being believed for their pain like how do you, why do you have to ring uh for hospital uh the hospital when you're in hospital like it just doesn't make any sense no mm. like yeah and it's just that it's also the fact that like black women are like three times i think it's like three times more likely to like die in childbirth yeah it's like four times right now yeah yeah sorry my bad and then like we're like three mm. times more likely to get covid and mm. it's like, how my mom was like... saying like when she was pregnant and she was in pain she was saying that they weren't really believing her a woman pregnant with twins mm. and it's, it's, it's the fact that like but and then it's also when you tell tell people these things like especially the covid stuff like the oh um black people are three times more likely to get COVID they think like oh what so COVID is racist no no, no one's saying, saying that. that we're saying that uh, the way society is built currently black people are more likely to be in frontline jobs thereby they're more likely to be uh, contracting COVID mm. let's just be real and then also just looking Shikuminshko can like vouch for this let's be honest most of these companies they don't care about COVID they're still going to build the, these buildings like right next to us they're still gonna like do all these like secret business dealings. Like I saw on YouTube, like um, there are a bunch of factories which are still open, like with like zero, little to no like social distancing, no like COVID safety like regulations. Like at the end of the day, like as much as people like to pretend like, oh no, companies are taking this seriously, like <laughs> companies aren't. Like they're not. They're, they're still mm. trying to make money. They're still gonna try and exploit people of color, mm. minorities, and and also and also. I, I know we keep going on about black people, but one thing we need to also understand is that white people and white women are also oppressed under the system that we are living living in, especially poorer white people. We can't like obviously mm, neglect mm, these people. Mm, they are obviously mm. a uh, uh, a casualty of the system. It's just the difference between that is that they're not specifically judged based solely on their skin color. You know what I mean? Or their name. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's just the only difference. That's, I just want to put it out there because I know like a lot of like incels and white people will be like, oh no no no. Men are oppressed too. Like, yes, men are oppressed, but not on the basis of their gender or skin color. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing to do right now is just to keep reading. I know, especially now, people are like, oh, it's opening up. We can just relax and go back to normal. 
I think this is when people start becoming complacent in terms of yeah. like actual really creating social change. So just try to, you know, keep reading. If you don't, if you can't give social change, read. I try to donate as much as I can. I obviously I can't donate everything I can. When I when I move out eventually, I want to move into my own place and like actually like uh, do charity work and stuff. Hopefully that's what I can do. But to anyone like I think any change, no matter how big, and I know this sounds cheesy, no matter how small or big, any like change right now is just better than what the government is doing really. So just keep reading, keep educating, just keep trying mm-hmm. to help people. Thank you everyone for listening to the Benange podcast. Make sure to give this podcast a follow if you're listening on Spotify or whatever media platform that you're listening to. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram at Benange podcast where we do updates on there and you're able to DM us any questions that we have. Um, Yeah, please share this podcast around, help us grow and we will see you guys again uh, on a Wednesday. Peace. Bye. Bye.